Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 36 of Just a Fitness Tip with Michael Ujoa and Jason Ault, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. Jason, how's your week been, mate? I'm loving your t-shirt, by the way. I haven't commented on this yet since you arrived at my house. Thank you. It says British Unicycling Convention 2013. But it there's has... a really cool dinosaur riding a unicycle. It's actually it. a dragon. It is a dragon, because sorry. Because it was in Cardiff, and obviously ah, uh, the national animal of Wales is a dragon. I like it. Yeah, it's it on is. the flag anyway. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's well, also bright it's, orange, yeah. so it's lovely. It goes with everything. I think that's one of my favourite things about Scotland is your national animal. Is a unicorn. It's a unicorn. I just think that's the best fact. So I don't think that the dragon is actually the national animal of Wales. I think it's just on the flag because apparently I heard the only country in the world that has a mythical animal uh, as its national animal is Scotland. I'm going to Google the Wales one to see what the national animal is. It is uh, a dragon. So uh, yeah, you're good. Well, bro, science alarm. She needs to go off with that last fact that I gave. We're not even a minute in. Yeah, there we go. I was going to say, I was going to yeah. say, I'm glad you introduced yourself at the start there because I barely recognised that <laughs> no. fresh-faced youngster sat opposite me. I know. So I'm committing to November this year. Uh, so what, what's the date today? It's the seventh today on recording this episode. Yeah. So, so not much going on. There's not too much happening yet. You can see it's starting to come through. Mm. Um, kind of uh, i'm hoping by the end of the month i've got a, a hefty tash i mean those spanish jeans are going to come good i can tell i've got a good feeling about this yeah mate. it's yeah. definitely flirting look at I it know. i know so it is weird though because i've not clean shaven since i was 18 years old it is weird i saw a meme a few years ago that was about how beards for men is like makeup for women <laughs> i think i saw the same meme and as well it's I've, so true yeah and yeah. i think there's very few men that can grow a good beard that look better without it. Yeah. There okay. are a few. Me and my missus always talk about this. There are a few. But <laughs> you most, say about your missus looking better without a beard. She looks way better without a beard. <laughs> She's one of the few. Um, but most men look better with a good beard. Obviously, Agreed. some men can't grow a good beard. Yeah. But. I think it's it's one of the things I thank my parents for the most is my ability to grow a beard as an adult. Yeah. yeah. That's all I thank my parents for as well. <laughs> Forget about everything else. Yeah. So how's your week been, mate? Anything exciting happening? Yeah, it's been good. It's been very good. Yep. I'm prepping for a big event at Primal Gym, celebrating our two-year anniversary. We're going to do a world record event. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I've been doing is I've been scouring the web for Guinness World Records that look easy. Um, obviously, you'd be amazed mm -hmm. at how many stupid world records there are. And this is coming from a guy that has one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I have the Guinness World Record for four by fifty meter hurdles on unicycles. Um, yeah. So, but there are some really crazy, like very, <coughs> pardon me, very specific ones. Okay. You know, like um, I obviously can't think of any at the moment. There's, oh, there's one. Okay, there's one that's at fastest one hundred meter uh, walking on your hands with a football between your legs. Why with the football? Yeah, I know. It's so, it's so specific. Very pointless, yeah. Like, it's not like it's it's turned something that people do all the time into a challenge. It's like we've almost gone 100 metres on your hands. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe I can get behind that. Why are we adding the football in? It's quite weird. That is weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's That's other ones like uh, press-ups with, like, just your pinkies and stuff oh, that doesn't sound great yeah i mean that's impressive but like it makes you feel a bit sick that. yeah it makes me feel sick too. that's cool so when when is the date for the anniversary 24th of november is the event so we're inviting local athletes to come so we've got one or two because edinburgh's not prolific athletic uh you know stronghold but we're also welcoming 
members of the public, Joe blows anyone that wants to come and try and have a go at something. We're also encouraging people to propose potential world records that they'd like to break. Um, so, guys, if there's anything, I mean, if we've got any talented folk out there, if we've got any go-getters out there, yeah. come down November 24th and uh, Primal break, Gym. Primal Gym, break a world record. That's really cool. What about you? What have you been up to? Apart um, from shaving. Apart from shaving my face, it didn't take that long, uh, to be honest. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so it's cool. So on Monday, it was announced that I'm going to be speaking at the Edinburgh Wellbeing Festival. Wow. Buzzing. Really, I genuinely am really, really excited to speak at this event. I spoke at it last year with another coach from Glasgow, um, and this year I've been asked to come back and do my own talk. Oh, thank God you cut yeah. them loose. <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah, so I'll say it for you. Yeah, so my talk is uh, on the Sunday, the second of February. Uh, I believe I can't remember what room I'm in. It's one of the one of the side rooms. Um, one of the side rooms. I'm going to be on at like ten o'clock in the morning or something. First like on the right. First, uh, I think it's on the left. Okay, remember that, guys. That was from last time. It might have changed. Uh, but there's some really cool speakers this year. Um, it's a really good chance to network, meet some awesome people. Can I ask a question? Yes, you may. The other coach that you did the talk with. Yeah. Has she been invited back to do a solo talk? Yes, yeah, yeah, she has. Oh. You ruined the you ruined Sorry, something you that ruined would have the been joke there. Hilarious and awkward <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So um, well done, well done to them. Yeah, exactly. But no, I'm I am really excited. It's going to be fun. I think Dame Kelly Holmes is speaking. I've uh, met her. Have you? Yeah. What's she like? I actually you say nice because this will be awkward. No, actually, very nice. Uh, yeah. I met her at the same event that I met my wife. It could have gone very differently. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I don't know if she is uh, into guys. I don't know. I don't know if she's married or whatever. So there could be many hurdles to this. I've hey, that's funny because she was an an athlete. <laughs> many hurdles. Was she a hurdler? I don't know. Let's go with it. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no, she was really nice. I met her, Prince Charles, and Suggs from Madness in the same night. I love Suggs. He's a Chelsea fan. He was mental. He was, and I'm not afraid to say this, he was drunk most of the time. Uh, he, yeah, he's a big Chelsea fan, so I've got a lot of time for Suggs. He was crazy. He was so good. I told, I, I might have told this story before, right? But um, I was in the meeting before the event, um, and I made a joke. They were trying to get me to jump off a piano, right? This is the life I live. And I was like, yeah, I could probably jump off a piano. It's fine. Um, and I was like, uh, oh, I could, we could put Prince Charles there and I could jump over him. But I was like, but imagine it went wrong. Then I can see the newspaper headlines now. Prince Charles killed by extreme <laughs> unicyclist. And only one person laughed. And that person was Suggs from Madness. <laughs> Everyone else just looked very worried. Is that because he was really drunk that he laughed? Yeah, probably. <laughs> also, because he was the only one that wasn't responsible for Prince Charles. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'll never okay. forget that. He was a good guy. Yeah, yeah. no, he seems like a nice bloke. In, um, and yeah, as I said. But Dame Kelly was back on. Yeah, she was very nice. Yeah, uh, Dr. Chatterjee as well, BBC Doctor. He's got his. Own never heard of him, never met him. <laughs> podcast rival. We can't talk about him. Uh, no, so it should be a really fun event. So um, my talk is titled uh, Fitness Industry Exposed. Uh, an honest approach to training, nutrition, and body image. I think I might have butchered that, but it's along those lines. I mean, that sounds very vague. Um. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I'm just going to bust a load of myths, um, expose a few things within the fitness industry um, that people don't like to talk about, and yeah, answer some questions. You know what you should do at the end? You can have this. You can have this as the, the big climax. Does it involve jumping off you a piano no, on a unicycle over Prince Charles? No, but if you need me, let me know. <laughs> you go, and that's the fitness industry and as you're about to say it 
exposed. You rip your shirt off and expose your own body. People love that. By the way, I get DMs. I get DMs every time you post a topless picture. And I'm. it was funny at first. I'm sick of it now, right? It's like you with the avocados. It's like, Jason, look, Michael's posting another topless picture. I was like, yeah, I know. Follow him on Instagram, right? I can see. That's where the joke comes from. Stop sending me topless pictures of Michael and Joe. Everyone, please keep sending my pictures to Jason. <laughs> oh, dear. It's been one of those weeks, I think. Um, but no, it's everything's going well. Work's going great. Um, cool speaking events lined up. Um, and then I'm down to London this weekend to go watch the football. Back on the football topic. Exciting. Very exciting. So, yeah, that's pretty much my week. It's been a good one. Brilliant. So I hope we can bring the same energy to your week, guys. The same enthusiasm <laughs> and love for exposing ourselves as as uh, as we brought to this intro absolutely and um before we kind of go into our first topic i'd just like to say if you enjoy this podcast episode please give us a little plug uh, any social media share it um any kind of shout outs or reviews or anything we we massively appreciate it don't we jason we're still waiting for that creative one star review <laughs> no, all we've got is one hater who could even looked together we might have another one i've not looked since so Ooh. Oh, well, I apologize. Speaking out of turn there. Maybe yeah, we have. We might. We can check afterwards. Um, when we have a little interlude midway through the podcast, we'll have a little check and see if there has been any one-star reviews. Uh, but please don't add to the one-star review. Uh, we we like good positive reviews. We do. Please. We do. We like, we like authenticity and creativity also. Love it. Right. So our topic, our main topic of discussion from today is training to failure. So does training to failure build more muscle? So I guess the first point should be to highlight what training to failure actually means um i think there is this common myth isn't there in the industry when when you're lifting weights you have to kind of pummel yourself into the ground so you can't move um and this is the way that you make progress uh no pain no gain uh just work harder is the general motive for most people that lift weights um and we just kind of want to discuss whether going to the gym pushing it to the very limits every time you're lifting weights, is that beneficial and is it needed to build muscle mass? So Jason, do you just want to explain kind of what training to failure actually is? That might be a good start point. I would love to. Um, so I was listening to a podcast uh, about this very thing. Um, and it, I guess defining training to failure for a lot of people might be different. But I think in in a kind of simple example of lifting weights, mm-hmm. If you're aiming to do eight reps and you can't do eight reps, that's training to failure. I think a lot of people, maybe even myself included, if I do eight hard reps, I kind of think of that as failure. But in essence, it isn't really, is it? Yeah. So if you're, let's say you're doing 10 repetitions of squats, so you've been told to do 10 squats. If you get to the eighth or ninth rep and you end up crashing out and you can't do any more, then that is kind of the true definition of failure. Um, And a lot of people believe that that is what you have to do every set to make sure that you're kind of building muscle in the right way. But it's quite, I think it can be quite hard, like, especially if you're training on your own. Like, Mm. I think we've all, if any of us train regularly on our own and then have trained with someone else, you realize very quickly that when you kind of have the the safety net of mm-hmm. someone there, but also I guess the enthusiasm and motivation of someone else, mm-hmm. um, you you find you can push yourself a lot harder. I mean, I'm I train a lot of strength stuff, so I do a lot of lower rep stuff, and I'm trying to go as heavy as I can. Um, but in all honesty, I don't think I ever squat what would be categorically near my max, yeah. just because. 
I don't want to be at the bottom of a squat mm-hmm. and not be able to push it up. Have you ever had to bail out of a squat before? A long time ago, yeah. In a busy gym is the worst thing ever because it makes a lot of noise. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've definitely gone to failure on a chest press yeah. uh, with a with the bar mm-hmm. and oh, i've really? had to do the old oh, roll the it roll. roll it down oh no oh man it's a rite of passage it you should everyone <laughs> should go through it but it's you realize that you shouldn't you should, that should never happen again yeah it's one of the reasons so i just don't enjoy doing bench press like it's not one of my favorite exercises i always can see that i always prefer shut up dumbbell <laughs> chest press yeah. um but the main reason for that is if you get stuck at the bottom you just Dump the dumbbells off to the side. You're not going to crash yourself. Also, without having to queue up the bro science alarm here, because there's definitely some real science in there somewhere. Okay. <laughs> the 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 position of your shoulder when you're pressing a bar versus the kind of mobility that you have with dumbbells. Mm-hmm. For me, it's as I get older and as I started to feel like I've ruined my shoulders, mm-hmm. it feels a lot nicer for me. It feels a lot more natural mm-hmm. rather than being fixed with this bar position here. Mm-hmm. and having to push through um so I, I like dumbbells a lot more as well actually um and i'll generally only train with barbells upper body wise uh if i'm feeling lazy mm-hmm. so i just kind of wanted to give so as to give some sort of answer um to this question rather than us kind of like vaguely discussing all the different points i would say that you do not need to train to failure every time that you're exercising when you're in the gym if you're looking to build muscle And in fact, if you are looking to kind of train to failure every time you're in the gym, this can actually just have a detrimental effect on your ability to grow muscle in the long run for multiple reasons. And I guess the most important one is kind of your element to recover in between sessions when you are pushing it that hard. Um, I don't know, you've probably experienced this, Jason, in the gym, those sessions where you push everything to the max. The issue is the following day, you're going to be very, very sore. Um, and it may take you an extra day or two to recover. Whereas if you maybe held back a little bit during your workout, maybe lifted to kind of 70, 80, 90% of what your kind of failure rate is, then you're just going to have much better longevity with that exercise. Yeah. Also, I think it plays into this holistic approach that we talk about when it comes to diet. When we say things like, rather than looking at it as a, a daily allowance, mm-hmm. maybe you should look at it more as a weekly allowance. And I think in terms of your training, rather than thinking, okay, Monday, I'm going to absolutely kill myself, right, what am I going to do for the rest of the week? You should perhaps look at your training uh, more holistically and think of it as, right, my week-long training, what am I going to do Monday, what am I going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, so on and so forth. And I think a big part of that is not completely doubling down straight away, mm-hmm. redlining, completely burning out on day one, because then obviously you can increase your your frequency and your volume um overall so think about the number of reps and sets you could do um throughout a week if you go a little bit uh shall we say if you hold back a little bit on day one um i think we've all been there haven't we we've worked with overzealous trainers like michael e. joe <laughs> and they push us way too hard and the next day we feel terrible and then we end up doing nothing for days and days and days i guess the question is is there more to be gained from an increased frequency of training than there is in terms of intensity? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of the way that I like to program um, workouts for clients, which is why I don't really like kind of cookie, cookie cutter guides, like workouts. We are just giving a one size fits all to people that it can be really difficult um, because you need to make sure that your training matches your goals and your lifestyle too. And um, so the way that I'm training to give an example is I'm starting to do a lot more cardio in my training routines. And I found that doing kind of 
five, maybe six strength training sessions a week, which is what I really enjoy. I was just way too sore. It was making me too sore, which means my cardio workouts were being affected. So I've completely changed my workouts up. I guess also, if you're too sore, you're you're not going to be able to lift as heavy as you can because of fatigue anyway. Exactly, so your yeah. strength gains are going to dip as well. Yeah. And you're kind of just going through the motions, aren't you? You're mm-hmm. kind of kidding yourself on that you're doing strength and cardio when actually you've depleted your ability to to maximize either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's... It's one of those things with uh, the kind of old school bodybuilder approach where we spoke about this before the podcast, didn't we, actually, where mm-hmm. where um, a lot of people will go into the gym and they'll do this kind of typical bodybuilder split where you have one day chest and then next day shoulders, next day legs, next day arms. And it just it's a very uh, ineffective way to work out. Um, pummeling a muscle group so that it can't move anymore might be OK if you can train multiple times throughout the day or if you are steroid assisted so you can recover better. We all want to follow these bodybuilder plans that are advertised by like guys back in their prime, like Schwarzenegger, Franco, all these kind of, uh, these absolute legends. But you need to remember that these guys were assisted steroids um, and their recovery was a lot faster. Um, whereas everyday exercises like us, it's just not gonna work. Also a very specific goal. Like those guys yeah. were looking for muscle growth, I guess more than anything, and then I guess at a later stage you're going to be cutting so trying to Mm -hmm. get lean but if your goal is to let's just say you're trying to lose weight or burn fat or whatever you want to call it in that respect going to failure twice or three times a week is not going to be as effective Mm -hmm. as being able to train say four or five times a week but not going to failure um Mm -hmm. because you want that consistent uh calorie burning don't you you want that consistent (laughs) training um rather than this kind of high intensity Mm -hmm. stuff um yeah it's true so the way that i kind of like program a workout up uh, with the client so i find if you do just do one muscle group once a week it can be really difficult to get in a good amount of volume without absolutely killing yourself off so as a rough guide when i'm writing training plans up for kind of general clients it will change obviously if you're working with uh, performance athletes but if you can try and aim to hit every muscle group maybe twice a week whilst you're working out it's quite a good way to look at it so let's say that you can work out three days a week you can hit the gym three days a week because your schedule is quite busy Uh, I would maybe go for an upper body lower body and a full body workout everything's going to be hit twice it's not going to be too intense um, and you'll actually be able to move in between your sessions or maybe if you're doing four days a week it could be a kind of a push pull legs full body workout Um, so just kind of think about the way that you're setting your program up and what your goals are long term and then just make sure that your program isn't killing you off making those goals harder to achieve yeah. And like even, I mean, obviously we've used the example of um, uh, weight loss, but even if you're trying to get stronger, mm. if yeah, you think yeah, about absolutely. it, if you're trying to get strong legs, let's say you're trying to get stronger in the squat, training it once a week is not going to be the best way, the most efficient way to get mm-hmm. stronger. And actually probably going to be very difficult to get stronger legs training once a week. Although there, there are, I have read some theories about that, but the idea is, is that if you don't absolutely kill your legs on Monday, let's say, if you, you go for it, you have a good session. Leave a little bit in the tank. Yeah. yeah. You can go again on Wednesday. And so you could easily have another good session. And then you think about, again, that kind of macro approach. In one week, you've got way more training done. You feel a lot better. You probably made more progress. Um uh, and I say I feel a lot better because I know there are people out there that like to kill themselves. And uh, people will be listening to this and they'll go, you know what? I don't care. I like that burn. That's fine if you want to. But at the end of the day, it's just 
possibly not optimal. It's like mm. it's like copying someone else on an exam, isn't it? <laughs> you might feel good about it, but you're only cheating yourself. Interesting analogy there. Perfect. I'm not sure if it fully works, but we'll run with it. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just be sensible with your training. Like you don't need to kill yourself to make good progress, I think is our general rule here. You could you could easily lift at kind of 60-70% of your maximum level consistently for months and months and you would make really good progress yeah. um, you could do that absolutely without killing yourself off and as jason said some people like it like occasionally we like to go into the gym and really push it like it is just good fun walking out feeling like you couldn't give any more but that should be very very rarely not the norm yeah like um <clears throat> i was listening to another podcast talking about this exact topic and they were talking about um pro athletes and the kind of markers that they have uh, that that shows fatigue and even if you feel great, sometimes they're obviously taking such a scientific approach to training. There'll be times where athletes get frustrated because they're told to rest, mm -hmm. um, because they're, they wouldn't make the same kind of gains. They wouldn't recover as well. They wouldn't perform as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, Mitch, in terms of hypertrophy for just pure muscle growth, is there any real need to be going to failure no i don't think so i personally don't think so like occasionally you might want to push it to really increase your strength gains but yeah i i would always argue so i lift weights to build muscle um believe it or not why um, else would you do it <laughs> yeah. and um so yeah the way that i lift is i'll kind of push myself to maybe 80 percent, 90 percent of my max but this is where keeping track of your workouts becomes really important mm. because if you are not making a note of what you're lifting it's really hard to go in knowing whether you are really pushing yourself or not um so i always make a note of every set every weight every repetition that I lift um, so that every time I go into the gym, the next time I'm just making a small little jump up. And by tracking my workouts, I know that it does only need to be a small little jump up. And that is increasing the amount of volume I'm lifting. So therefore, muscle mass will increase to reflect that. So it's I not would... working. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, I'm the heaviest I've ever been, actually. Thank you very much. I'm honest. <laughs> it looks good, though. Wow. It's good. it's good i liked what you mentioned keep before, you warm for the winter before you asked me that question in regards to kind of um, athletes even though they're feeling good needing that rest period yeah. i had this conversation with a client of mine a couple of weeks ago i won't name her she's awesome though um i know she listens she won't appreciate um, that compliment because she won't know who she is she she will know when i start talking about it so she she her goal is weight loss that is her mm -hmm. goal when she's going into the gym um and what we're doing with her nutrition um and especially when people are looking to lose weight we've mentioned this before they always think that more is better despite every other factor that's involved so she was going to the gym kind of six seven days on the bounce without any rest and I was telling her you need to rest you need to take more time off and she really didn't want to do that we actually met up uh, for our catch-up who was an online client but she trains at the gym that I work at um, and we met up for our talk before her session and I was like you're not training today you're going home and resting um, so I sent her home have dinner go and relax and the next day she woke up feeling amazing and her workout was just 10 times better than it had been mm. over the last few days so even if you are feeling really good make sure that you are stepping back and giving yourself that rest period because it will make a massive difference to your training yeah I've, I've I mean this is probably not very methodical or scientific at all but I've definitely been taking more of a kind of see how I feel approach to my training you know mm -hmm. I think when I was younger I would have been like well today I'm doing this mm -hmm. even if I feel bad I'm still doing it um whereas now I would rather yeah like I'd rather if I'm if I need to do let's say three sets of five mm -hmm. and if I go oh okay right I'm, I can't do that extra set 
I'd rather have just recovered today yeah. than have done a half-assed version of yeah. what I was supposed to do. And then, yeah, you come back the next day and you can give 100% or mm-hmm. obviously close to um, because we're talking about not going to failure. But you know what I mean, in terms of in terms of effort as opposed to, you know, literally 100%. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? It's, again, it's this macro approach. It's not thinking about your training as a daily thing. It's thinking about it as a kind of grander, longer term um, scheduled. So true. Yeah, yeah. I like that. We'll, we'll finish on that point because that, that. that was cracking. Brilliant. I also just wanted to bring up, so just wanted to bring up a question that I got asked earlier today on Instagram. It really. Well, are we delving into the tippers so, mailbag? It's, no, it's not about the fitness tip, but ah. it's, it's just. This it's, feels like it might be irrelevant. No, no, no. It is irrelevant to the topic we were just chatting about, which is why I wanted to do it in between this and our next ah. one. Um, but it does come back to um, our conversation topic we had a couple of weeks ago there's me about there there is you about um i won't name this person because they messaged me um on instagram and i've not asked them whether i can i can use it you're using a lot of anonymous anonymous tips today sounds really anonymous fitness doesn't it so i got a message from someone saying that a guy approached her in the gym today which is always a dodgy start to um that's how all my stories start (laughs) so random guy came up to her today and told her i'm doing everything wrong Women don't need to do bench press and train their chest because we have enough fat there. It's useless to try and get bigger. He also told me I need to cut out all carbs and sugar to get a nice thin waist shape. Is this true? I feel like I'm going insane. Yeah, exactly. The look on your face is how I felt when I saw this message. So I just wanted to kind of highlight a fact that we brought up a few weeks ago. Guys, please not st- please stop approaching women in the gym and giving them advice when they clearly don't want it, especially when the advice you're giving is complete horseshit as well. Also, I'll just interject. Don't give it to men either. I don't want any of your crap <laughs> yeah, advice. That is true. That is true. But it's messages like that that really wind me up. This person's feeling really good in the gym. The training's going well. And then some absolute moron comes over and tell her she tells her she's doing it wrong when, in fact, he's in the wrong. Yeah, what annoys me most about the fitness industry, and I guess this is just the world we live in now, and I'm not going to say fake news, but I will say misinformation. Because as you can see, there's a lot of people out there who get information, they trust the source, Mm -hmm. and then some idiot comes in, tells them something completely different, and it just causes confusion. And admittedly, okay, it's not an exact science. There's a lot of kind of ambiguity Mm -hmm. um, in the fitness world, but there are some things that are pretty clean cut. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) the idea that you wouldn't do a chest press because you've got loads of fat there, (laughs) or the, I mean, what, that guy i know i know we should have him on i think we should yeah <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're the idiot no no one listening to this podcast would give that kind of ridiculous advice well we don't know that that's true yeah if you might be that one star <laughs> it might be it's him he's trying to troll us yeah. inadvertently yeah so so that is just the point i wanted to raise uh, before moving on to our next topic just please stop giving people advice especially when it's crap and uh, just don't listen to other people in the gym when they give you advice okay? yeah just go, be just... go to someone that you trust whether it's someone in the gym or online that you follow that you really trust their advice, ask them and listen to their advice. Stop listening to morons that are giving it out for free at the gym. Yeah, just be skeptical of everything you hear. There's obviously, if you want to do your research, there's obviously enough stuff out there that Mm -hmm. you can cross-reference any ludicrous claims. Like when I heard the other day about uh, drinking water, you don't want to drink too much of it 
because it will enlarge your stomach and then you'll feel <laughs> hungrier. I asked Mitch and he immediately told me that that was nonsense. Yeah. And I kind of did know, but there was a little <laughs> bit in my head I wanted to be just, just sure. But that's the thing though, isn't it? Like there's people that are really well informed. You're a really well informed guy, you know about your training and yeah. your nutrition, but then you hear something you're like, really? It's like when I start watching Game Changers, for example. Like I know it's like a vegan documentary that's there to encourage people to eat a vegan diet whether they're using facts or not but it's done in such a way that i'm watching this documentary going really maybe i'm wrong mate i've not seen that and i can tell you it's nonsense have you still not watched it mate, i'm not watching it Come on, i refuse no, don't. i'll, I'll to go a... to alpaca yoga before he i watch was Game on Changes. deliciously ella's podcast the other day the guy that did that documentary mm-hmm. and i, I said off after 10 minutes i was like nope i'm done Deliciously Ella sounds like... It was actually Sheila, one of our podcast listeners, that sent it to me. She said, you got to listen to this because he was being interviewed. And um, I had to reassure her it was a load of crap. So. Deliciously Ella sounds like something I would watch on webcam. Right, we're not going there. <laughs> right, let's go on to our next topic. <laughs> right, let's, let's go on to our first topic then, shall we? So, uh, first topic, second topic, first article. So, this was on the Huffington Huffingtonpost.co.uk. Um, so, apparently, Brits are more scared of the gym than spiders and injections well first of all it depends what the injection is surely that's true i can think of a lot of things i wouldn't want to get injected with mitch you know what i'm talking about (laughs) i know you and your meth antics in the past no and other things as well this is crazy so nearly a third of people said they'd rather give up their phone for a day than go to the gym alone as well i also don't believe that no i think that right who did this who did the, the um what's the word University of Life, it says there. (laughs) (laughs) School of Hard Knocks professor. (laughs) One in in four non-gym goers in the UK would rather have an injection or be in a room with a spider than go to the gym, according to new research. And it says, and we can totally relate, which I think is heartbreaking to hear. I think that the metric here... Oh, be in be in a room with a spider. So do you know like how who, big is the room? Do you know who commissioned the study? I just saw it. My arch enemy. Your arch enemy. My Pure nemesis. Gym. Pure gym. <laughs> Pure gym. They found that fifty percent of the one thousand non gym goer surveys admitted to feeling scared of the gym. I'd be scared of pure gym as well. <laughs> That's true. To be fair, now that you're out of there, we can criticize it. Pure gym are my least favorite gym chain. Yeah, this is awkward if I ever go on to work with them. But I usually find the vibe in there is not as nice as other. Budget no. Gyms. no, I mean, in all honesty, right? So I suspended my membership for three months. Um, and I'd just been because I used to go with my wife and I was going there for moral support. And then it was convenient as well. But I suspended for three months, was just working out of primal. And then I, uh, it came back on. So I was like, I'll just go. And I went back and it was such a negative experience. Mm-hmm. It was far too busy. All the equipment was being used. So I couldn't do the work that I wanted to do. And just kind of this thing that I always talk about, this kind of tunnel vision, this isolationist approach to it, like everyone's in their own world. There's no kind of collective experience. <laughs> and I love this is turning into a rant about pure gym. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it, so it really is for me. I always think of it as like the fast food of gyms in that it serves a purpose, but it really isn't good for you long term. Yeah, I don't know. So I think with a gym, you've always got to find one that feels right for you. Like I've I've tried most gyms in Edinburgh now, and there's some that I will just avoid because I just don't have a nice vibe when I go in there. Whereas other people go into that gym and might really like it. So I have to kind of respect that. I know that some people I train use Pure Gym and they do really like the gyms, which is fair enough. But I've been into other gyms like I use the gym in Edinburgh and I feel like they're... Which one? The gym. Which one? <laughs> uh, 
that I feel like the vibe is a bit nicer for me personally. So um, maybe yeah, I just thought maybe. <laughs> Just everyone hates you in that other gym. <laughs> Maybe they know I podcast with you and they're like... People hate me in Pure Gym at Quarter Mile. They do. I've been victimized and targeted there. And you know this because everyone that listens to the last episode knows that they stole my weights. And I know they did. They did. I know they were doing it. They were stealing my weights. They were putting them back. Yeah, so I like to think that Jason and I are doing this podcast and kind of preaching a positive message about going to the gym, other than what he's just said there, about going to the gym and that it isn't this kind of horrible, intimidating place that everyone thinks it is. Um, I, it's really sad when you see these kind of articles come up because the gym can be a really positive, enjoyable place to be where you can just, you can switch off, listen to some music, lift some weights, feel good about yourself. Um, and the fact that people are looking at it as, holy crap, this is as terrifying as a spider or an injection, is heartbreaking. Mitch, one in five said they'd rather stand on top of a skyscraper. Vertigo over a go on the cross trainer. Crikey. <laughs> By the way, that was a quote from the article. That wasn't me. Um, fear expert Dr. Margie Kerr says the social element of the gym is to blame for such high anxiety, but it's a fear we can all overcome. Absolutely. Yeah, it is a fear you can overcome. And I'm, I'm sorry if people listening to this also feel exactly the same way because that is horrible. But I promise you, the gym doesn't have to feel like that. Um, if there is a gym that's making you feel anxious and horrible being in it, then go to a different gym. I know that's easier said than done for some people when they live kind of rurally. Um, but rurally. Rurally. Is that a word? Yeah, but I, li I like the idea that you've somehow targeted a very specific demographic <laughs> yeah. of people who live in the countryside. No, but even if people live in like a <laughs> tiny little town where they've got one gym, sometimes it's, it's yeah. quite... Yeah, all right. If you've only got one gym. Then yeah. If you've got two gyms, <laughs> I think we're speaking to the majority of people that listen here. If there's more than one gym available, try the other one. <laughs> yeah. But like, for example, if I lived where... Actually, no, they've got some gyms down there now. That was going to be a rubbish example. Yeah, sometimes people don't have access to, to multiple gyms, so I do understand, but it doesn't have to be like that. Please message us if you want some tips on making it feel like a bit more of a welcoming place, um, or if you want any advice, then then please drop us a message because, as I said, it doesn't need to be like that at all. Yeah, I mean, I always go on about the social element involved at Primal Gym. I know a lot of people come to Primal Gym because it is the antithesis of this um, anti-social, um, alienating experience that a lot of gyms are like. Uh, Dr. Kerr, by the way, who teaches and researches everything fear-related at the University of Pittsburgh, she commented that going to the gym is a social experience, meaning it carries all the potential gains that come with socializing, but also all of the fears and anxieties too. And I would argue, actually, it's probably heightened because it really does zero in on a lot of our kind of insecurities in terms of our body image. Even things like, um, you know, if you see some guy lifting heavy weight, you're like, oh no, that guy's lifting heavy weight than me. He is better than me in every way. When really all he's better at is lifting that one weight <laughs> yeah. at that one time. Yeah. So yeah, it is a heightened sense. Um, but I think that just speaks to one, there's obviously an element of we have to like, if you have anxiety, at the end of the day, it's something that you have to deal with. It's something that you have to face. But also, as we've said, there's going to be a correct environment that's going to help you do that. And one that's a little bit more antagonistic, one that's a little bit less uh, welcoming, it's probably not the best one to jump into, is it, Mitch? Yeah, absolutely.
Also, Dr. Kerr, who teaches and researches everything fear-related. I wonder if she's just got no fear now from studying fear for so long. Maybe she's really scared of everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. There is a, did you know there's a thing called uh, counterphobia, which is people who uh, they have the like um, compulsion when they feel fear to fully embrace that fear. So you get a lot of people involved in like extreme sports that are like that. But it's a weird thing because it's this idea of it's not that they're not scared of it. They are scared of it, but they have to face it. So there's a great documentary about a, a, a base jumper. And he was talking about how when he was a kid, he he lived in a, like a, one of the Western states in, in the US. And he would go into the desert and like look for rattlesnakes because he was scared of them, but he had to go and find I thought it was such an incredible, must be a weird experience. But um, obviously, he I mean, he's banked on it because he's got a job as a base jumper. Mm. But I think it's really interesting in our relationship with fear. Like, I'm kind of not drawn to things I'm, I'm scared of, but I feel I don't like being scared of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of have to get over it. So, guys, if you are scared of the gym, I would just say face it head on. Because think about it this way. If you go and you hate it, well, you never have to do it again. But if you go and you face it, and it's not nearly as bad as you thought it was, you've made the biggest gain of them all. <laughs> I like that. Thanks. I'm going to once again leave it on that brilliant point. Yep. <sighs> Love it. Well done, Jason. Thanks. <laughs> no worries. Right, so the next one uh, is a new movie that's coming out, or has come out. I'm not too sure, actually. Well, it'll just turn into a film podcast. <laughs> it has turned into a film podcast. So it's called How Britney Runs a Marathon. Um, and apparently this film is making strides for body positivity. That's a good pun. Uh, Shout out Rebecca Thomas. It's, uh, is Rebecca Thomas the, the author of this? Cool. Good yeah, of course. Who else would she be? Just a random shout out. <laughs> yeah. Is this a tipper that I didn't know nah. about? No. Uh, so in an era of body positivity, the film Britney Runs a Marathon would, on paper, seem completely off message. Stripped back, it's a story of a plus-sized, shambolic young woman who embarks on an extreme health kick, loses a shed load of weight, and finally finds happiness in her new self. And do you know how she did that, Jason? Through the awesome sport of running. Oh. Love running. Yeah? Yeah. You don't like running, though, so I'm not sure how you're going to cope with this article. Um, you know what? I'm going to face my fear <laughs> yeah, good. and I'm going to get through it. Brilliant. But so what, what they're saying there is with the seems completely off message. Is that because this girl in the story has, uh, is unhappy in her life, has made positive change and is then happier at the end of it. So therefore sending a message that you shouldn't be happy in the, the way you are so to speak because is the, is the prevailing message that we should just be happy is that why they're saying it's off message do you know what? i don't know i've not seen the film but i do get your point though that is that is a very good point you mean they only sent me tickets to the screening <laughs> yeah. yeah you can go on your own um what are you looking for there mate having a scroll through yeah, yeah i'm I reading the article mitch okay you should probably have done this before the yeah. episode jason um, yeah, no, I don't think it's kind of saying that uh, the happiness uh, should be found mm -hmm. before this. But I think it's just a really important point of um, how amazing running can be. This is why I wanted to talk about it. Because oh, yeah, you mean it's propaganda. It is definitely running propaganda. I 
as all of you listeners probably know, I'm a big advocate of running. I love running. I go through stages of hating it, but I always feel amazing afterwards. Um, and I think it's kind of highlighting the fact that she found an activity she really enjoyed and the mental and physical health benefits that came from finding that activity she enjoyed should be celebrated. And I think that's the overall message here. So I like this. It says, um, her journey is riddled with potholes. The deepest being the increasing obsession with her weight loss and how society treats her more kindly as a result. Now, I think that's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because... I think whatever your goal is, if you're going through a process of trying to change yourself, it's not necessarily the process itself that is positive or negative. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of the time it's your motivation for doing so. And I can appreciate that, you know, in general society, certain people get treated better than other people. And if you transform into a person who gets treated better, that's probably quite an addictive process it's probably quite an addictive mm -hmm. state but is that sustainable because really our true motivator needs to be intrinsic doesn't mm -hmm. it Mitch? it needs to be about us if we're going to lose weight if we're going to take up running if we're going to get fitter it can't be because of the reaction or the treatment from any kind of outside stimulus it needs to be entirely well not entirely that's a silly thing to say, but yeah. mostly from inside ourselves yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Might go and see this. Do you know what? I actually do want to go see this. I don't, is it coming out in cinemas soon, is it? Or what? We should probably have um, once again checked. You know what? Before. You know what, though? You know what I've just realized? What? Star Wars is out next month. <sighs> I'll probably just go see that. Can you not go twice in the same month? Nah. <clears throat> I'm going to see Star Wars twice. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there's a lot, of, a lot of exercise in that. People flipping around, sword fighting. That's a sport, isn't it? It's in the Olympics. They're not swords. They're... Okay, lightsabers. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably just go see Star Wars, but this looks good. I like it. Yeah, it's interesting. No, that is that is a good point you made though about kind of it needing to be an intrinsic motivator. And is is there just going to be like a continued pressure to to make yourself look different for people to compliment you? I mm -hmm. think is that kind of what you're hinting at? Yeah. But I also, I, having not seen the film or even read the article fully, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of. I think maybe maybe what it's hinting at with this kind of being the counterintuitive to the current um zeitgeist is this idea that um no one is encouraged to change because if you change it's a negative thing mm -hmm. like if you're changing for a reason i mean the simplest way to put this is if you're trying to lose weight or if you're trying to make build more muscle aesthetically mm -hmm. you're you must be doing it for other people and therefore that's negative and that you should just be happy in the way you are and i would like to think maybe perhaps that what this film is saying is that even if maybe you have kind of um shall we say hollow motivation to start with um that change can grow to be something positive in your life changing to become something else doesn't need to be negative it doesn't need to be motivated by not being happy mm -hmm. or there's nothing wrong with not being happy I think it's just as long as you know that the process of change you go through is going to make you happy because there's a lot of things that people do, a lot of sacrifices people make and they get to the end of their journey and they realize that that goal was never yeah. something that they wanted anyway. And it was kind of vapid and, and it was from the outside desirable when really they still feel exactly the same. They hadn't actually addressed the real problem. But I think a good message is we should always be striving to be better. 
regardless of who we are. Agreed. Yeah, which is why your fitness goals always need, always need to be a little bit more than just I want to lose weight. Yeah. Like it always needs to be deeper than that, and you need to find a meaning in every goal that you're that you're achieving or aiming to achieve through fitness. Um, and yeah, and if you can make it bigger than just that kind of shallow little I heard weight a, loss, I heard it's going to be much more successful. I heard a great soundbite, mm-hmm. and it was process over outcome. Like and it's this idea of enjoying the process rather than <clears throat> enjoying the goal itself. And I think if you guys can find something fitness related, a bit of exercise that you enjoy for the sake of doing it, rather than it is a means to an end, mm-hmm. I think you'll be much happier. Completely. Like running. Running's awesome, Jason. Get on it. That would make me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a clear example of finding the thing that you enjoy. I'd um, lose all of my muscle, all of my rippling muscle. No, you wouldn't. Have you seen and, Ross Edgley? And what my hair. Doing? He looks epic. Yeah, Ross Edgley's doing a lot more than running, mate. Strength training, swimming. Exactly. Yeah. I love Ross Edgley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we wouldn't criticize I do. I'd love, to, I'd love to have him on the show. He genuinely seems like a nice bloke, doesn't he? Does. He does. I don't think he'd fit in here, though. <laughs> it's quite, he's huge. He's quite wide. Shout out, Ross Edgley. Well done, Ross. Yeah, one day, hopefully, we can have him on the podcast. We're free next week. Right. Um, so we're going to finish up with a nice uh, positive article uh, from Greenock. Is that how you pronounce it? Greenock. Greenock. Okay, God, you're painfully English. <laughs> I really am. Sorry, guys. Ah, uh, jeez. Oh, right. Do you want to introduce this? You've just... <laughs> yeah. All of our Greenock listeners have just turned off. All one of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Greenock listeners. Um, so a fitness instructor's plan to help hard-pressed families put food on the table. So um, a Greenock fitness, in- fitness instructor uh, is, putting, it's fitness. <laughs> is putting her energies into helping hard-pressed families who struggle to put food on the table. So she's running two local classes, Fit Steps, with Jennifer and Boogie Effects with Jen. What's that? I like how the Boogie Effects class is with Jen and the fit steps is a bit more formal. We're going for full name Jennifer there. Yeah. So I think by that token, the boogie effects class is probably a bit more fun. Yeah. With Jen. It's good. So she's she's asking her clients to sign up for a fitness for food scheme. She's asking students to bring in tins that are the non-perishable for Inverclyde Food Bank to help local families who cannot make ends meet. Um yeah, Jennifer 42 said, I am excited to be part of this initiative. So yeah, just massive props to this lady. I think what she's doing is incredible. Um, we won't make this political. Um, it's horrendous how many people have to use food banks right now. And um, she's taking some really positive steps to help people out. Love it. Yeah. I love anything that is fitness related that also gives back something that uh, is basically because I think a lot of us sometimes feel like if we've not got loads of money to give away, somehow we can't help. And I think it's great to see people just using their skills, using things that they have at their disposal to uh, benefit those that are a little bit hard up. So um, I must admit, I don't know if I like the fitness for food. I understand it. Big fan of alliteration. Got you there. But it does feel if I was, I don't know, it feels a little bit condescending, maybe. I think it's difficult in these situations whenever you're giving something um, to people. It's probably it's a delicate subject, isn't it? But fitness I'm, for food, it's I'm like disagree, and I like it. Hey, come and do right. boogie effect, and I'll get a tin of soup. It's not for her though, is it? No, but you know, what? I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like they could have just done something like. Um, Basically, you're thinking their wording isn't as good as it the could branding. Be. Okay. Yeah, because okay. you know me, I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. <laughs> I'm all about the brand stuff. They call me the Scottish Don Draper. 
Okay. And many times. Who's Usually in the bar. Out? Okay. He's on Mad Men. I know, but who's called you that? Loads of people. Okay. Richard Branson, <laughs> Gavin <laughs> Bell, all the top names. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they will now. Uh, <laughs> it's generally only if I'm drinking old-fashioned, to be fair. But anyway. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, I'm all about the branding. Hey, uh, what was her name? Jen? Uh, yeah, her name's Jennifer. Uh, so you can get in touch with her. Uh, you can get more they've information. They've printed her phone number. Yeah, they have. That's very brave. We won't do that. But so, Jen, Jen, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to do a Michael Ujoa here, and I'm going to reach out, Jen, if you want me to help with your branding, with any of your content creation, with reinventing the fitness for food uh, movement to be a little bit more kind of savvy, hit me up at Jason Pro Unicyclist. And yes, that was my only mention of my handle today. Okay, good. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's good. We nearly got through a whole episode. So if you want to find out more information or you want to get involved, if you go to www.communityfitnessweek.co.uk, you can sign up. And classes will be on offer at Elm Church in Greenock, Parkview Studios. Um, so, yeah. Give I mean, it is a very specific geographic location. Do you know what? It is, but I don't care. If we've got one Greenock listener, the one that I offended at the start of this piece, if we can get them along, then we've helped out. If you are that one listener, hit us up and let us know. If you know Jen, Jennifer, whatever she likes to be called, um, or if you've been part of the old fitness for food movement. Um, yeah. Lang. If you want to take biscuits, party rings, 25 calories. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, so that has been episode 36 of Just the Fitness Tip with Mike Ujoa and Jason Ald, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. Um, just before Jason <laughs> goes into his fitness, uh, his uh, hip-hop quote, uh, I would just say, please, once again, if you're feeling very kind, jump into Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Share us on Instagram stories. Help spread the word of Just the Fitness Tip. Um, and we'll love you forever. Right, Jason, over to you, mate. <clears throat> Mitch, this again inspired by you. <laughs> uh, is this... it weird that you're the person who's written the most amount of songs about me? You're actually, probably the only person who's ever written a song. Well, about I was going to say who'd be in second place. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's weird. Are you or my wife doing it? Alan John. Okay, <laughs> he's second, yeah. and then your wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So this one is uh, is inspired by your uh, your goings on and your kind of <laughs> my goings on, you know, okay. just your um, your escapades, your okay, your uh, your day to day life, <laughs> okay. and um, it is to the tune of Straight Outta Compton by the illustrious N.W.A. If I ever become a pro wrestler, this is going to be my walkout music. I'm just throwing it out there. Brilliant, I love it, fantastic. So it's called Straight Outta Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> Straight out of Whole Foods. Crazy, crazy personal trainer named Michael. Teaming with the stud on the unicycle. On this new pod, there's not room for any Herbalife or Boombod. If you buy anything more than whey and creatine, the police are going to have to come and get me off your ass. I'll be on you like your shadow. Dressed as an inflatable avocado. Vegans get mad at me. They've lost sanity. They don't realize Game Changers is a parody going off on plant-based like that. With some facts, that's pointed at your ass. <laughs> Cooking bacon in my frying pan. Did I mention I'm preparing for an Ironman? So, so when I'm in your neighborhood, turn up the heating. Because your Joe is topless for every meeting. And as I leave, believe it's all good. But when I come back, boy, I'm coming straight out of Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> that was loud as well which is great the dog behind you is freaking out and next door <laughs> yeah.
a channeling ice cube there well played mate love it thank you very much for listening guys and we'll see you all again next week keep on tipping